Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 47 of the NZXD Clubcast, the official podcast of the NZXD community. This podcast is recorded live every almost super Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday, what day is it today? At 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Pacific Center time of the official NZXD Discord server and is available to stream wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. This is what happens when you record it on an off day. Uh, my name is Dennis, and with me, as always, is Ivan. <laughs> Happy Monday, senior. I know, it's weird because we're... Uh, we're doing a special edition of the podcast today um, to celebrate a very important person and some very important issues. Today's special guest is NZXT's. So, okay, so from the NZXT engineering department, our senior manager in program management, I was going to ask, but I totally forgot to do that during the pre show. Hanada, how you doing? Hey, guys, I'm great. How you doing? Great. What's, what's, your, what's your official title that's on your, like, your, your business cards and stuff? Well, so. When I got hired, it was senior program manager. That was my official title. And then they recently changed it to, yeah, senior manager of program management. So you you said it right. Senior manager of <coughs> program management. It's more confusing. So I, <laughs> <laughs> it is. So it's really like a senior program manager, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> How are you doing this morning? How are you feeling? <laughs> also, you muted yourself, by the way. Sorry, feeling great. I'm excited to be here. to be my uh, first official podcast interview. Fun fact, Dennis is a junior newbie of program management. <laughs> it's very, very true. Uh, nothing could be further from the truth, to be honest. <laughs> um, all right, so, uh, Hinata, how long have you worked at NZXT? Uh, I'm a pretty, I guess I'm a noob at NZXT. I started six months ago in December. Oh, okay. Yeah, very um, recent. What does what does a senior manager in program management in engineering do? <laughs> trying to read the script here so hard. <laughs> so, um, program manager is pretty much a project manager. So we um, pretty much organize like the timeline of projects and deliverables. So since uh -huh. I'm in the engineering side of the house, uh, I work with CAM. I work with the websites. And we, I help the engineers um, prioritize their work and become unblocked. Like if we have questions about um, how a certain thing is supposed to look on the side because we didn't get clear requirements from the product owners or from the business team. That's what I do. I'm like the, the middleman that um, helps make, you sh make sure that like the engineering team has everything they need. But since I'm a program manager, so imagine that at a larger scale. So if there were like 10 of me, each one would be uh, responsible for like a specific project, like launching a new thing on the site or a new feature on cam or something like that. Each of them would be responsible for one of those. And I would be the one coordinating all of those nine people to make sure that they're all going to launch at the right time and like marketing goes out at the right time. So that's what makes it different between like a project and a program. It's just a mm -hmm. collection of projects at once. So I'm pretty much like the umbrella that like makes sure that everybody's like um, has the same information is aligned um, or going in the same direction type thing. Like I heard the cats essentially. <laughs> that's uh, my okay. Okay. <laughs> so you can like coordinate everybody essentially right or you can help coordinate to make sure that things are done on time right it's kind of like yes. all that okay um yeah. how did you get into that so that's really funny um i actually went to school for geography which has nothing to do with project <laughs> management or program management or gaming um 
I wanted to be a geographer and I wanted to like map diseases and disease movement. That was my thing. Um, but you know, I needed a job and I found this job and, and one of my bosses, I'm so grateful to him. He was like, Hey, I think you'd be really good at this thing. So, um, they like encouraged me to go take some classes on it. And, and then I got some opportunities while I was at Blizzard to, to do that. And then I was like, Oh, I really like this. Um, so that's kind of how, and if you ask like other project managers, how they got into it, they usually have some like, also like random stories because, there are very few like degrees you can go to college for, quote unquote, right? That like to become a project manager. Uh, there are a right. few for gaming specifically, but it's um, it's just like you just kind of fall into it, I guess. If you have these tendencies <laughs> to like talk to people, coordinate, if you like to be in meetings, it's a lot of meetings. <laughs> so, do you feel like it was almost like a calling for you to do program management? It was, yeah, it was. Um, mm for sure, like super passionate about geography uh, and mapping and stuff like that. It's kind of like what I nerd out about, but uh, I don't think I would go back. You know, I, I love the coordination part. I love the collaboration part, the you right. know, talking to people like, and then seeing like your end result actually be launched is, it's such an amazing feeling. I don't think I would ever um, move away from this career path. All right. So you mentioned uh, that you were at Blizzard before, right? And you d yes. did you do the same the same work at Blizzard? So yes uh, and no. I worked at Blizzard for eight and a half years. Wow, it's um, a long time. Yeah, <laughs> it's a long time. Um, but and so when I left Blizzard, yes, this is what I was doing, and I was working on the BlizzCon website and um, online experience. That was like a super super fun team, super fun project. Miss them. Um, but uh, in the beginning of my career at Blizzard, I was a game master. I did customer service. Oh. Yeah. It, it, it's really funny because I, I feel like a lot of people, especially in the gaming industry, they start in like customer service, right? Like a lot of like, um, or, or it's either that or you start off as like a journalist, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those two things. Yeah, they start just by helping people and then you slowly start moving up. And um, what's the, how long did it take for you to, to, to get from customer service to basically coordinating like all of the BlizzCon's virtual experience? Uh, so I worked in customer service for four years at Blizzard. Mm. Um, but I will say like I was finishing my master's at the same time. So right. okay. I think people that are uh, like more focused maybe can have like a faster track. But yeah, so I worked for, and I did specifically like um, the Latin American team. So Latin American mm -hmm. support. Um and I did like two years as a game master and then two years as a supervisor of game master teams for Latin America. Nice. And then, and then I got the opportunity to go and work with the, um, actually the mobile team first. So I worked with like making the, improving the mobile authenticator and like making the Battle.net app or the chat app um, and some other apps, not like Hearthstone, but some other apps that uh, right. that Blizzard had. And then I got to go to the BlizzCon, uh, the BlizzCon team. Very, very cool. Yeah, I remember awesome. that mobile authenticator when that came out. I, yeah. I think I had, like, I think a month after I, I installed it and I got it linked up to my WoW, I had to get a new phone and I forgot to unlink it. And that was oh, like yeah. the most painful process to unlink that, Dude, that, that whole we system. Tried, we tried so hard to make that easier because we got so many um, contacts and customer service for that. 
Do they call um, the customer service team uh, game masters because they they're like focused on one specific game? Um, so I guess we. I, I don't want to like make it formal, but we called ourselves game masters because uh, the majority of the contacts we would get would be for World of Warcraft. And we have tools that allow us to go into World of Warcraft and, and like manipulate your character if you like get stuck or if you need help um, with certain things. So I guess that's why like a lot of yeah. our contacts are, are WoW related for sure. GM is like a for some reason it, it I, I feel like it only exists in the MMO space, but basically any any customer service rep who works for MMOs specifically, um, like they're called GMs, game right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, when I was working at Kakao Games, they same thing. All of our customer service reps are basically GMs because, like, ninety nine percent of the issues were all about game stuff or account stuff or like yep. money stuff. But it, it all tied into the game, and I think this goes back to like the old old school, like um, how MMOs are just built off of D and D, right? So you have like dungeon masters, right? So mm -hmm. they're called game masters. Um, it was fun. So was, it was yeah. definitely a lot of fun. I. Uh, I had good times when I was a game master for sure. Yeah, like I, I remember when I first started playing WoW, like a really long time ago. I uh, there was an issue in Duskwood with a worgen where he was stuck in a tree. So like I used the the little in-game ticket thingy to mm -hmm. talk to a GM. Just because I was a kid, so I was like, oh hey, you know your game's broken, and like <laughs> the this dude comes in like with all this crazy fluff text is like you know. Uh, dark demon 99 flies, flies in on the steed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, How can I help you, traveler? I'm like, Oh man, this guy's so cool. <laughs> I was wigging out. <laughs> but it was really cool when, like, when like people are allowed to like be passionate about their work, right? And then kind of like have fun with it, but still like get the job done. And oh, yeah, they really, really encourage enjoyed. us to like use our voice. That was one thing I really like, you know, because you call like your cell phone customer service or your like internet, and it's like, usually like pretty dry robotic yeah. there's like you hey, can tell up? they're this like reading some script <laughs> right? and so the fun part about that uh when i was working at blizzard is they were the only thing you had to do is say like you know my name my game master name is this how can i help you but everything else that you put in, around it they like really encourage you to use your own voice and like really geek out and um and there was no script and that was my favorite part yeah as as long as you got the job done and you got those good uh uh those good scores right yeah yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so how, how'd you go from how how'd you go from blizzard which i i would say for for a lot of people it's probably like a dream job right to be a blizzard yeah how'd you go from blizzard to working at nzxt so um the short answer is i knew someone that worked at blizzard that came to nzxt and then they mm -hmm. like pulled me over as well the longer answer is I was working on BlizzCon, which was like, I loved it. I really did love working on the BlizzCon uh, website and the BlizzCon team. But, you know, Blizzard is a pretty big company, right? Like my department yeah. alone was like over 350 people. Um, and when I started talking to um, Justin, the, you know, my, my new boss now, he started telling me like how much impact I could have if I came to a smaller company. Um, mm. And he talked N60 up so much. I already knew, uh, like I was already acquainted with the, the hardware, of course. Um, but then I started talking to people that worked here and I got really psyched. Um, uh -huh. So, you know, there's like, when you're a big company, there's, you know, there's just a lot of um, levels, I guess. 
between right. like the boss and who's making decisions and where you are. And there are pros and cons to each side, but I was excited about like coming in, helping these this new team like come up with um process and ideas on how we could get better at delivering things for our for our fans and for our community. Um and I would have a lot more impact and that like I just wanted to be closer, you know, like, okay, BlizzCon is very close to the community too, but I wanted to be even closer and, and, um, and I loved the products. Um, and everybody I talked to was just so awesome. I was like, I got to give something a try. I've been here for like eight years, you know? Um, and yeah, I think like one of the things that really sold me is just talking to, I talked to like at least five or six people, uh, before, um, getting an offer and that like sold it like everyone I talked to was amazing and and super sweet and welcoming and just like I was like let's do it like I'm in you know like 100% in where do I sign (laughs) so I guess my follow-up question that would be was Justin uh was he telling the truth or do you like absolutely hate it here (laughs) no he was totally telling the truth like (laughs) Uh, don't tell him no I'm kidding uh no he was totally telling the truth it's it's so fun. I mean, I also like had never worked remotely, so I work remotely. Mm-hmm. Everyone, I'm not, you know, not in California. I'm actually in Texas. Um, oh, yeah. And so that was like a whole new thing because um, I'm a super social person. So I was like, oh, how is it going to be working, you know, at home? Little did I know that we were all going to be <laughs> like quarantined and everybody was going to have this experience like two months yeah. later. Um, yeah. But it was definitely uh, no he he sold me right. Like this was, this has been fantastic. I don't, um, I don't want to leave. I guess let's put it that way. <laughs> I actually want right. to move to Texas now. It's hot, man. I mean, today is not that bad because we had a thunderstorm this morning, but, uh, to move out here, we can be office buddies once the quarantine. Ends. <laughs> yeah. Office buddies. Let's do it guys. <laughs> let's all be office buddies. <clears throat> um, Hanada, what's your favorite thing about the engineering department? Um, so I love that. So we're called like, I think we're called the software department, right? Either way. Uh, I really like how I'm fast we can sure iterate. I'm called around here. <laughs> I know. So I will say like I'm the only program manager slash project manager on the engineering software side. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm like a... <clears throat> team of one on the program management part. Um, but I do on the engineering side of the house, I do like how fast we can iterate. So what that means is, you know, if someone has an idea or like we get feedback from our users and our, in our community, we can like just jump right in if, if we think it's the right call. And in like, two to four weeks, we can have something to test out and play around with and see if it's the right path we want to go forward with, right? On the hardware right. side, like the team actually making the stuff, it they can't do it that quick. It's like a whole process and it's way longer and it costs a lot more money. Uh, and mm-hmm. for us, it's like, oh, okay, well, people really want this. Um, let's see if we can give it to them, right? And it's like a much faster turnaround process. So I, that's probably my favorite part is, is that we can iterate. Um, at a fast pace and really take right. the feedback um, from the community and, and 
like one of our product owners used to do like a ton of, he used, he still does, but he used to do a ton of surveys and we would get like direct feedback from users. And, and that's the fun, like the funnest part is like either people are loving it and, and you know, you're on the right path or, you know, they tell you, you know, good constructive feedback and you're like, okay, well, how can we start implementing that? Cause that's what our fans want. Right. So it's my favorite part. What's your least favorite part about engineering? <laughs> um, why is it Jeff? <laughs> no, I, you know, the engineers are going to hate me for saying it, but uh, they always underestimate how long something's going to take to build. Oof. <laughs> Classic so, Jeff. Shots fired. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> like someone on the business side would be like, well, how long is it going to take to get this thing? And I'll be like, well, the engineers told me like two weeks. And of course, it takes longer than two weeks. Um, <laughs> that's probably my least favorite. But of course, like you learn to work around that. Um, right. <laughs> the other thing, I guess, is like for for project and program management directly, since I'm a team of one, um, it's a good thing and a bad thing, right? Like, it's a favorite thing because I can like pretty much decide like, hey, I think we should do it this way. And there's just me. <laughs> so but the bad thing is like i don't have anyone to kind of collaborate with um you guys had uh irma i think a few weeks ago right and she's yeah. kind of like the only person i can collaborate and, and and get ideas um from she's doing hardware which is a little bit different so that's like my least favorite part is kind of being a team of one on the program management specifically um, maybe one day we'll have another set up just like yes, blizzard where it's yes. like 300 people right <laughs> <laughs> tell justin i need i need some some teammate teammates all right guys uh everyone's an email to justin that no, i'm kidding no. <laughs> <laughs> don't kill me <laughs> um so moving on to like product do you do you own any any nzxt products i do um <clears throat> what do you have right now i have um I actually have a pretty nice, I was going to, I was going to curse, had to catch myself. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I have a pretty nice build that NZXT got me when um, I got hired, but I think it's a H510 case um, and it's an AMD CPU. Oh, snap. Yeah. Like, I think what, what people really like is that I have a NVIDIA Geoforce 2070 super it's not a card that's actually a really good card for work it is <laughs> it is a really good card and i have like i have a all ton of ram for, all that for Airtable. i know <laughs> that's the sad part right it's like oh google excel Airtable, uh zoom right zoom uh it's actually google. funny is that i think you do need a pretty good computer for zoom because ivan can't even use like the special backgrounds on zoom is it, it just yeah. doesn't work oh, in his computer no. <laughs> Yeah, I always get a pop-up. Like, um, I don't have a green screen, so whenever I try to use a custom background, I get a pop-up that says, your PC does not meet the minimum required specs to... Man, you need an upgrade. A... I know. <laughs> need on upgrade. Zoom, of all things, on Zoom. It's not like you're trying to play <laughs> a game. <laughs> Zoom's like, nah, man, I can't do this. It's too much for you. It's <laughs> hilarious. So, yeah, I got, um, a, I got a pretty good... And then, of course, like, since I do work with the camp team... Um, I have like a ton of RGB like everywhere. <laughs> Ooh, do you have the uh, the the headset? Uh, I do, but 
not like the full uh the full set just the actual headset looks like i might be one of the only ones here then <laughs> yeah yeah um Anata, what's your what's your favorite N60 product? So I had a hard time choosing. I probably would say my favorite is the H1 just because it's so sleek. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think it's sexy. It's sleek. It like I could like put it uh, here on my desk. It wouldn't take a lot of space. Right. So I really, really like the H1, but I don't have one. <laughs> so I'm just like uh, admiring from afar. I don't have one yet. Um but right when I got hired, we were finishing up the Kraken Z, and that Ooh. looks pretty sweet as well. Um, but I don't have one either because, uh, you know, it wasn't out when I got my my rig. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't had a chance to play with it directly. I just had a chance to, like, work on it on cam. <laughs> <laughs> but those are probably my two, but I probably would say the H1 would be uh, higher than the Kraken. I just think that thing looks so good. I really want one, like, mm. in my living room. <laughs> What's your least favorite NZC product? What do you hate the most? So that's a really hard one because <laughs> I was trying to think of, like, something I didn't like uh, on the hardware side, right? And then I realized, I hope I hope the, the group doesn't hate me for this, but I probably would have to say... The old version of Cam, Cam 3.7, is probably my least favorite NCXT product. So it's a software product. Um, right. It gives us our team like a lot of headaches. <laughs> so uh, if you're using that old version, I apologize, but we do have a new version out there, guys. Um, <laughs> so just putting it out there. Uh, NCXT.com slash Cam app if you want to download the new version. There yeah. is um, the funny story. There is a person in support who will not be named. But basically, they told me that their friend was having issues with their Kraken Z. And I'm like, oh, you know, like, you know, I don't mind helping out. Let me, you know, let me see a picture of this cam. And this dude's using cam 3.7. And I don't even know if 3.7 supports the Z. It's, like, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, right? Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I already tried that. And I'm like, all right, you know, just, just making sure. Five minutes later, oh, hey, I downloaded a new cam. It works. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> so like, that's, yeah. like, if I had yeah. to pick the least favorite product, it's probably that like this software related product. Cause I, I really, I was like, okay, can we just move right. on to the new one? <laughs> Let's get to I the know, latest. Right? Um, so yeah. yeah, Jeff, since you're in chat here, what are you doing? <laughs> you gonna, you gonna get, get us all on the new, on the new camp. <laughs> okay. Um, what would you like to see N16 make anything at all? Um, that's a hard one for me. Okay. Let me think. I mean, we were talking about this in the pre-show, right? Like, I, I actually had a hard time setting up my audio. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I didn't know what to like what I needed to plug in. It was super confusing. Uh-huh. So after that experience, I'd probably say like some kind of like easy audio plug and play type thing because this was hard. <laughs> like, I had to download drivers. I had to Google it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like the crew can see that I'm not normally recording podcasts right or or streaming so this was a whole new setup for me so probably that would be my um because you know nzxt is really good at just doing like easy plug and play like it makes it easy for you to build your your rig it makes it easy for you to get connected and like uh you know manipulate your rgbs and and control your your thing so like your hardware so that's what i would want i guess is like an easy way to do that because 
I got intimidated, man, with setting this up yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you didn't know, NZXT actually does have a line of audio products coming out very soon. So yeah. maybe, you know, you should ask uh, the bosses to get you hooked up to one of those so you don't have to worry about uh, setting stuff up anymore. It's I actually know, pretty right? easy. I, like, I, 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 I love it. It is pre-production, but I still love it. Like, it's still great. It works. I'm using it right now. So not the microphone, obviously, I have <laughs> a better microphone, but you got still, a fancy really, microphone. Really cool. yeah, yeah, that's what I, yeah. I want, like a fancy, like streaming quality level microphone. Ooh. Like that's a good idea. Yeah, we should we should get on that chat. Something, what something should we need name to... it? Oof. I don't know. The speaker S S P K R. And let's go like. <laughs> craft style like where we take away the vowels yeah <laughs> all right okay final final question in the first segment do you have a special shout out for anyone in the company anyone who you think deserves some some uh some special love there's like so many people that um that i wanted to shout out but this was a hard one for me too so i would probably say I wanted to give a shout out to people that don't normally uh, are in the forefront. So I will probably give right. a shout out to our two tech leads. So like the cam tech lead Ruin, the web tech lead Max, they do like, oh. they've been doing like so much work for us on the, uh, you know, behind the scenes to make sure that we can get our websites updated to get, you know, our products up there um, to get, you know, some new cool things uh, in cam. So, and I mean, they, and with all the Corona stuff, I mean, they were, they've been really busy. So um, probably give a shout out to Ruin and Max, our two tech leads on the engineering side. Yeah. Yeah. Max, Max and Ruin do, do a lot, like yeah. a lot more I mean, than. they're still busy. <laughs> yeah, no, like I, I, I think like whenever we ping anything about like almost anything, website whatever they're always like one of the first two to pop up and like help yep. us with problems they're super great anything else what's you know again that's like kind of you know we talked about this before what separates like um our team from other other organizations that so many people are just willing to help and willing to just like put time in to make sure that everything's going well right for sure so, oh, there's like a lot so. of passion it. yeah it's yeah. a lot of passion a lot of like accountability like let me you know i'll take care of this for you and and i think that's just what makes it so nice you know like to work here because you know other people are as passionate as you are about um, mm -hmm. you know doing what we do so right <laughs> okay so moving on a little bit here um okay. Hinata, so obviously we invited you on because we want to talk to you and you know forgot you know like and and, and also to also help to talk to you and to introduce you to the community and also kind of like you know give people insight into what a program manager uh, manager does but it also so happens that it is Pride Month. As everyone knows, you know, we've changed our our uh, our logos on all of our social media. We've relaxed the rules for rule six and five in the server. Um, you know, so like as we as we kind of transition to being a company that's really, really about like what we're saying, right? Like we're really living our um our uh core values. Um we we brought you on because we did want to uh have some kind of podcast where we did speak to a member of the company, uh, a member of the company who is in the LGBTQ plus community. It's a happens to be you. So thank you very much for being on. So are you going to out me uh, like that? Uh oh. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. 
<laughs> um, got me there. Um, yeah, so surprise, everyone, special podcast. Um, you know, feel free to ask your questions regarding this stuff. Um, Hanada in particular has been really involved um, in the company and kind of helping us kind of shape what this this looks like. I mean, shout out to her, Amanda, um, creative, the, the whole marketing team's been working really hard on this stuff. Um, who else? Uh, well, you know, Andy West, uh, those guys. Uh, uh, I'm forgetting uh, Ivan, Ivan, um, our wordsmith. Top yes. of my head. Raina? She's been on the podcast like twice, I think. Once, twice. Raina? Raina. Thank you, Raina. Wow, how dare you forget Raina? <laughs> I, I know, dude. She's like, okay, so so Raina we had on the podcast like really, really early on. And so like and anything you see from like a diversity and inclusion standpoint, yeah, I know Raina is a super dope name, Jeff. Um, we always go to her to make sure that our message is like on point, right? To make sure that whatever we're saying is clear, it's defined, and that it doesn't leave any room for interpretation, right? Um, so, um, uh, Hanada, can you can you kind of get us started here a little bit, and just like just talk about your experiences in the game industry, in the tech industry, and how it is to be a um, member of of the LGBTQ community while <laughs> like kind of navigating this like whole gaming tech space? Sure. Yeah. So. Um... You know, I am a gay woman in the gaming industry, in the tech industry, so there's a lot of layers there to be dissected mm -hmm. if you want to. Um, but in general, uh, I've actually had a very positive experience um, in my career thus far, like almost 10 years. Uh, the, you know, there's, um, when I say there's a lot of layers, like just being a woman in the tech industry and then a woman in the gaming industry is is... I don't want to say lot, rare, right? but it's <laughs> it's very different because it's definitely a male-dominated uh, culture or just like workspace. Where, but I I do see that you know, um, the gaming industry and the tech industry in general is really trying to to change that and 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 try to be more inclusive. They're paying a lot mm -hmm. more attention to these things. Um, so, for me personally, um, again, I've had a pretty good experience um you know when when you invited me to this i started thinking about like oh do i need to talk about adversity and maybe some like negative things that happened i couldn't even think of any negative thing that happened in relation to like being a gay woman in gaming right. particularly but i i you know i still wanted to uh to talk to you guys here because i i do want to highlight that at least for me in the past 10 years it's been very positive and i want people to know that that you know like um, if, if you have heard of like negative stories from friends or if you've had it yourself, like things, I feel like things are moving in the right direction and there's a lot of positivity out there and there's a lot of, um, inclusion still. So, you know, I, of course, like I did, like I mentioned, I was a game master and I, and I worked in customer service and I had to review chats and like ban people from game for saying things they probably shouldn't be saying. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> there's definitely still a lot of like toxicity and negativity uh, that you encounter uh, in chat in general, as with like, you know, YouTube comments and like just people being uh, not their best version of themselves out there when they, you know, when they're hidden. Um, but I wanted to to highlight, you know, to the listeners that working inside the industry is is different. Like I, 
I'd never felt that level of toxicity or negativity. Um, like, but I was also very open. I've always been very open. Um, when people ask me things like I, I never get offended. I always see it as an opportunity to educate. And if they're asking in like a respectful way, um, I'm more than willing to like, I don't want to say comply, but like provide answers, provide my perspective, my experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that helped a lot. Um, Cause I did have people ask me some questions that I was like, really? Okay. Uh, but they were so like, it came from such a genuine place for them. Right. They were like, really, I don't know. Or I didn't know these things happened. Can you tell me what happens? Right. And so when you see that like genuine interest to learn, to get better, to, to um, open your eyes to somebody else's experience, like how can I turn that down? So right. um, for me, it's been very positive. There's um I was actually like trying to prep for this because I was worried. Uh, you know, they've done some <laughs> research um, in terms of, I think it was uh, in the UK. They were looking at like how many people in the gaming industry identify as LGBTQ. And they actually, it was like 20% in the UK, right? So it's like, I feel like it's a very um, open environment and, and, I was trying to think about like why that is mm -hmm. um, in preparation for, for our, for our podcast. And the only, you know, one of the things I could think of was like, we, you know, we're so used, like our community is so used to uh, communicating through chat or through, through audio, right? Through voice chats like this. Right. Um, and we're so used to expressing ourselves in that way um, that you're, we're not judging people as much by their physical appearance, right? You're judging mm -hmm. them like by how they communicate and their intellect and maybe how good they are at a game or how bad they are at a game. Um, <laughs> and so when you go into like a, you know, a gaming company, you see, you see that kind of reflected in the, in the office space. So like people are wearing like t-shirt and jeans. It's like exactly what you imagine, right? It's like t-shirt jeans yeah, yeah. and flip-flops um, a lot of people are expressing themselves very openly, like a lot of dyed hair or long hair. Um, so you're not really like judged quote unquote on your physical appearance as you would be maybe in like a law firm or like a banking right. company or something like that. So I feel like there's a lot of, um, positivity in that cause it really allows people to outwardly express their truth, uh, without judgment. Mm -hmm. Um, and then on top of that, like, like I said, because the gaming industry is becoming really aware of this and really trying to like, um, be more inclusive, you know, they are working on what I call more like hard, um, measures. So like policies and benefits and things like that, uh, to that benefit the LGBTQ community. So I was, I've. I've been pretty happy in that regard, I guess, working in the game. Right. Yeah, like, um, I know that we were talking, um, I believe, last week about this. And, like, I, I didn't even realize that there were, like, that that this could go down to even to, like, the HR level, right? It's, like, the policies for, like, healthcare or, you know, <clears throat> things for, like, time off, right? Yeah. And, like, really affect, like, just the quality of life that you have at a company um, in, in regards to just, like, living your normal life, right? Yeah, so when I... um. When I started at Blizzard, gay marriage wasn't legal, right? And right. Certainly not in Texas. Um, and, 
and I, my partner also worked at Blizzard with me, also as a game master. Uh, oh, she probably plays more WoW than I do, than I do. Or that's did. actually a super cute story. <laughs> but go on. Oh my god, it's, <laughs> we're like the cheesiest. Like we would drive to work together. We worked the same hours. We sat next to each other. It's very cheesy. I love it. Um, but you know the like nobody. I guess everybody just assumed that I wasn't gay, right? I'm very femme, like right. we call it lipstick. Um, and nobody assumed that I was gay or that she was my partner. And so when we asked for like uh, schedule accommodations to work the same hour so we could um, carpool together, they were just like, oh, I guess two best friends want to work the same schedule. We can't always accommodate <laughs> right. that. But... Little did I know, like, even at that time when gay marriage wasn't recognized, like, uh, Blizzard's HR had really great policies that you could, um, you could pretty much, like, I don't even know what it was called, because it was, like, almost 10 years ago, but it was like a, um, you could, like, declare civil union, almost, uh -huh. um, to say, like, hey, I'm, we are in a, in a committed relationship, like a marriage, right? And they would put it in their HR documents and then they were able to provide these these accommodations that they would for for like heterosexual married couples, uh, which I it's thought was really fantastic. Cool. Like they would yeah, allow us awesome. to take vacations like at the same time when otherwise sometimes you couldn't, right? Like to take a day off to to celebrate. Oh, I remember one time I um, I twisted my ankle and I drove a stick shift and I couldn't drive myself home <laughs> because I hurt myself, right? And um and, you know, she was able to to get accommodated for that, to be able to come take care of me at home and stuff like that, like get some crutches and take me to get x-rays. So like they, uh, you know, they were fantastic on that front. Um, and we were talking about this, too, like um, they allowed even if you weren't married at the time, they would allow you to mm -hmm. put your significant other on, on your health insurance. Um, oh, wow. And things like that, which I think were very like forward thinking um yeah no that's 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 definitely pretty pretty crazy um because i know like uh when i asked about our insurance like you can't really add anybody right um i i know i've noticed about this because he was complaining about having to sign up for insurance the entire time and like if it's if it's hard to navigate for like right just like a heterosexual couple i can't imagine how it is for like others right like yeah. just for 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 people who have who don't have like the the like legal kind of footing right to like stand on yeah and and it gets a little bit scary, right? Because like, what if your partner does like lose their job and you need to put them on your insurance and then the, you know, there was no legal recognition of that partnership. And, and then you go to find out that like your company doesn't allow for that either. I remember um, when I was, I was getting my master's at the university of Texas here in Austin. And um, one of my friends who was getting her PhD, she was in a same-sex relationship or it still is and she wanted to put her partner in in the health insurance and you know this like academic education oh, can you guys still hear me okay yep. Yep. um this academic education that uh like in my eyes it's like so revered it didn't accept that did not recognize that so i was really disappointed at that time i think it was like the first time i i realized like oh man my rights are not well, it wasn't the first time, but it was one of those times I'm like, oh, my rights aren't right. the same right now. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, no, like, I feel like it's not just Blizzard. I have friends who've, you know, moved on from Blizzard and are in other studios. 
And they also tell me the same thing that like they have super progressive uh, HR rules. I know uh, right before I left Blizzard, they allowed for um, maternity and paternity time if you adopted, which is Mm -hmm. huge for same sex couples. Right. Because like if you're I mean, if you're giving birth to the child, you might get maternity leave. But like if you're adopting, uh, you would still be able to get like maternity and paternity time off. They. they allowed for uh, transgender reassignment surgery, and that was covered in the insurance and like uh, any other like hormone therapies. I mean, it was actually like very inclusive. I was uh, impressed when I started digging into it. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's and- actually really uh, refreshing to hear. And I think um, the gaming industry in, in particular, I think it's, like you mentioned, you, you you really didn't have any bad experiences, right? And I feel like it's because gaming, the gaming industry in general is relatively new and young. And I feel like a lot of people who are running these businesses, you know, these gaming companies, like they're, they think a lot differently than these other companies that have been around for like hundreds of years or whatever. Um, I know when yeah. I was, a, Go ahead. When, I, when I was a, a little kid, um, my parents, my teachers, basically any adult, they would just tell me, you know, video games are a waste of time. They're just like, yep. <laughs> yeah, just like dumb, right? And then like now, you know, I'm I'm almost forty years old, and now it's like all the people who are my age, they're all basically work, you know, not everyone, but you know, it's it's basically possible now to have a job in video in the video game industry. It's not just like a waste of time or whatever. And I think because of it's primarily a, a lot of young people, you know, or your younger people. I think um, they're definitely more open to not just, uh, you know, LGBTQ, but just inclusiveness in general. Just make sure that everyone, everyone has a voice, everyone's being taken care of, um, things like for that. Sure, for sure. And, and yeah, I think having a younger workforce definitely helps. Um, and, and you're right. We do have a younger workforce, maybe some of the like engineering teams, especially at Blizzard, like World of Warcraft, Starcraft, these are like very, um, long running games. Right. So we did have older workforces in those teams, but yeah, like in terms of negative, like actual negative experiences, I couldn't even think of any for myself. There are things that like I would run into, like I mentioned, like people didn't think I was gay and they, um, they just, assumed so like of course uh you know you have colleagues who ask you out and things like that not realizing like you're asking me out in front of my wife Ugh, awkward um awkward <laughs> <laughs> um but you know once once you you tell them like they were pretty cool about it um we um there was one story which was pretty funny once i became supervisor even though like HR knew and I thought people knew, like I'm pretty out, uh, but I guess they didn't. Uh, I became supervisor for the Latin American team and my wife is also Brazilian like me and she got put to be my direct report. So I was like her direct boss. And I was like, I don't think this is a good idea. <laughs> I'm supposed to like decide if I'm going to promote this person or not. Like, I, I don't think this is how this works. And um, it was pretty funny because they, they mentioned like, oh, well, we didn't know you guys were together because you don't have the same last name. And I was like, uh, okay, that's pretty old school. Um, <laughs> so 
little stories like that would occur, but like nothing um, really, I guess, negative or um, or that I felt like offended, if that makes sense. Right. Um, you know, I was telling you guys on the pre-show that I did. So my first boss at Blizzard happened to be a transgendered woman. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. She's like one of the most knowledgeable people I worked with. She was a game master and she had worked there for a long time. I think, I think she had worked there like seven years when I started. Um, and she was going through her transition while at Blizzard. And so I got to see a little bit more of like maybe 15 years ago, what it was like. And she, um, and she got a little bit more, uh, I think, prejudiced comments and things like that, or maybe just people un- not aware of like how to to behave or even what pronouns to to say. Um, and I think nowadays, like because the media is more open with it, people are trying to educate themselves about it. We have less tolerance for for um, for that. I think people yeah. are 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 more aware to to ask, like, hey, what pronouns do you do you want or do you associate with and things like that. But at the time I remember she had to like write a formal email to the whole company saying like, Hey, please do not do like, do not refer me to him. I am now her. Right. Like I now use these pronouns. This is my new name. Um, she, but, but the cool part is like HR was totally on board. As far as I'm aware, like they changed her name in the system. They changed her picture. They changed everything, which is, which is awesome. Um, right. And, um, so, but I, but I wasn't there at that time, right? Like this was probably 15 years ago. Um, but she kept, she stayed at Blizzard for a long time because I think they provided that, that, um, that safety that Mm -hmm. I don't know if every industry provides, if that makes sense. And then there's like, Um, there's like random things that would occur. Like, um, so I guess for some people it would be considered negative, like once, once leadership found out that I was gay and I was in a same sex relationship, they assumed like we wouldn't have kids. And so they assumed more flexibility for my work schedule, for example. So I got put on a lot of night shifts. I worked on the night shift for like a year and a half because mm. people with kids would get, um, and I get it. Like my sisters have kids. You definitely have to be with your kids, right? Like that's very important, but um, they would get prioritized to be in shifts where like daycares were open which is right. like the very early shift or like the midday shift. Right. Um, but they just like assumed that I wouldn't have kids. So they're like, Oh, you, you're flexible to work the night shift. Uh, so <laughs> things like that did happen. And yeah, but like I mentioned to you guys early on, you know, I, I was always very open about educating in a very like nice manner and not like a hateful way. So I would just tell them, you know, like, Hey, um, I still am capable of having kids. <laughs> Or I am still capable of like adopting if I want to, that don't assume right. that. And um and so by the time I left, like I didn't see those kinds of assumptions being made anymore, right? Those were like very early on, once I like eight years ago, ten years ago when I started. So Yeah, for um so for for those let's say who potentially might not say be confident enough to kind of like speak out like that like what kind of advice would you would you give them if they do have issues in terms of like you know people assuming what they can or can't do or like what they would and wouldn't do based on just you know who they are i think my my first advice is like educate yourself on the company policies like if the company has like a handbook or something because that's something i did um 
and then also on your rights. Um, not saying like you have to go dig deep and like be an yeah. expert <laughs> on like LGBTQ law because I'm I certainly am not. But just like basic basic rights. So, but really, you know, we had people like that that weren't. Um, I don't want to say confident, but just not comfortable with like speaking out like that. And usually they found an ally that mm. um, could help them, right? So either speak up, speak up on their behalf if they're the minority in the room or like guide them to the right person. So uh, we did have fantastic HR partners uh, and you and you kind of learn like which ones are you feel more comfortable with to talk about these things. Uh, and so I definitely say like either find uh, a superior, ideally a superior, right. That, um, that you feel are, are comfortable or open or make you feel comfortable to talk about right. it or find like an HR partner that also makes you feel comfortable. Uh, or if not find a colleague that, that maybe is more like me, who's very outspoken and, and doesn't right. mind uh, speaking on your behalf to bring up, issues that need to be corrected right um we yeah. um at blizzard we started like a uh it was a it was called like a diversity council mm-hmm. um and i got asked to be a part of it or i got invited i should say like to be a part of it which was an honor of course i like jumped at it as you can tell i love talking uh <laughs> and <laughs> And so because, we had you on. <laughs> I know. Uh, and so I'm, um, I became very like, I don't know if it was like a prominent figure, but everybody knew that I was part of that group and everybody knew that they could come to me if they had issues. So wh- what I mean is like, if you, if you have someone like that, that, you know, you can reach out to, and if you don't know who they are personally, but you know that your company has like some kind of diversity council or some companies call it like employee resource networks or employee resource groups, reach out to them. They're usually very like sweet, very excited to meet new people. And then they can be your, your path to like uh, voicing some concerns. Yeah. I think that's, um, I think that that's actually really important is for those who, um, so example for myself, right. I'm a straight male. Right. So I don't have like, nearly the experience that like other people have had but it's always important to like you know if you can identify people within your organization or your team or wherever who you think could could like use like helping uh who could use some help in kind of like speaking out like you know it's there's never anything wrong i would say right and and if i'm wrong definitely tell me right because i think we're all learning here like as we're kind of as a company getting into this and kind of like really finding out like what it means to really be diverse and what it means to be inclusive right is to like don't be afraid to like, you know, just lend out a hand, right. And just say, Hey, you know, if you need someone to help you or you need someone to, to speak on your behalf or to help you how to formulate how you want to speak, like there's never anything wrong with that. Right. No, I think that is like the most fantastic loving comment, uh, because, you know, I had my like straight white guys or straight guys, I should <laughs> say they were white at Blizzard, but, uh, or these friends, <laughs> these friends of mine, I should say, uh, and that they they would stand up for me when they heard things, or or when I would voice something, and I just needed like that, you know, that like backup, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and they were fantastic. They're like one of you know the, some of my favorite people that I still keep in touch with. Um, so for sure, like be that, and and a lot of times it's like, if you're any group 
if you're in the, they call it like the in-group, if you're in the majority group and you see that whoever's the minority, it can be gender, it can be race, it could be uh, sexual identity, right? doesn't matter. Uh, if you know that you can, if you agree with them and you have similar um, beliefs or values and you can support them, it's it's one of the most effective ways to, to either allow them to be heard or change people's hearts is um, is doing that. So I think it's it's awesome that you're mentioning that. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, you know, like I, I definitely recognize that there are, you know, that I have, you know, just, just by, just by being male and just by being straight, right. That there are a lot of privileges that I have and things that I'm lucky they don't have to deal with. Right. Yeah. Um, other people definitely aren't, you know, just based on their gender, on their race, right. Um, who they identify as their preferences, whatever. Right. And I think like, especially now, right. Which is how, how crazy things are just in the world in general, that it's always important to like, just like, be open, be willing to hear, right? Like just allow yourself to like take a step back and like let people talk and listen to them and offer support where you can, right? For sure. Um, and also like, you know, like let them tell you when it's time for you to help them, right? Because that's also a thing too. Like I feel like some people just wanna and and I'm and, and I'm definitely one of those people who like I like as soon as I hear about a problem, I want to fix it right away, right? I'm like, okay, <laughs> this this sucks. Let's go do it right now, right? But sometimes they're not ready for that, right? Yeah. Sometimes they need they need to figure out for themselves how they want that to go. So, you know, for those, for those of you out there who don't know what you can do, just listen, right? Like a, a 99% of it is really just listening. And then the rest is just getting it done. Right. Yeah. Listen and offer and then let them tell you when they're ready, you know, to your point. Cause I think that's a great, great advice. And, you know, I had some friends that uh, were super sweet and, and, you know, genuine and, and had like no hate in their hearts. And then I would mention some, something like I was part of the um uh so I was part of the women's sorry, the diversity council first second it first began I think maybe two or three years ago I can't remember um we started trying to get more women in the in the tech industry especially gaming and so I was part of the women's advisory council and like how do we make the workspace more inclusive for women because it was so um such a s- small percent percentage of of gaming employees are women and then yeah that like grew to become the diversity and inclusion council and we had like the lgbt group and and um veterans group and like a bunch of other groups um which one of them was also the women's and i uh for the austin office the blizzard austin office i was the president of the women's group uh and then we had another friend who was the president of the lgbtq group but you know when i started bringing up the fact that like which was surprising to me at the time, but uh, there was some research done saying that gay women actually had higher percentage of harassment in the workplace than straight women. I was surprised by that. Uh, And so then I started asking people and telling people about it and trying to educate them. And I had a friend who said like, how is that even possible? (laughs) Like why, why, you know, these differences. And, uh, and he was so genuine. He was really like dumbfounded and and I could see it in his face. He's just like dumbfounded. And so that was an opportunity for me to educate because then he could become my ally later, which he did. Um, Right. So just, yeah, try to, uh, try to educate, try to find that, that person that you feel safe with to have those conversations that are not going to be judgmental either way. Um, And, you know, it's, it's just about being like decent and respectful most of the time, you know, you don't, you're not going to agree with everyone and, and there's definitely going to be like differences in opinions in the room, 
um, mm-hmm. just how we work together. That's that's again part of why I love being a program manager. Just to I love the collaborative nature, uh, and this is one of those moments where you know we need that collab collaborative nature and like open heart and open minds. Right. Um, what kind of things did you do at Blizzard, like specifically? Like, did you did you put on events? Did you like um, did you help change any policy? Like, how did you um, how did you get involved there? Yes. Uh, so, um, as part of the when I left, they had changed the name to the Women's uh, Employee Resource Network. So, as part right. of that group, or even when I was in uh, the previous versions of the group, we put together events where we had um, for International Women's Day, which is March eighth we would have speakers come to talk about um, their experiences about a lot of uh, what's being talked about is like mentorship and how do you get women to like move up in the, in the ladder. Right. In the, mm-hmm. in the, uh, and a lot of it has to do with um, mentorship of, of uh, like higher ups. Um, so we put together that we would like buy books. We made sure that, so Blizzard has a, uh, libraries and all their offices and so we made sure <laughs> that we had that's awesome books that uh, talked about that like how to get a you know how to get a mentor or um uh what's the other one my goodness i'm blanking right now uh, she's we, looking for the book in her own personal library i am can you tell my voice changed anyway uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. so we made sure to like bring in books um we hosted uh lean in circles is what they're called so it's like mm-hmm. small circles with usually there's someone that's higher up but you're just talking about um for like an hour and a half you like talk about how to negotiate pay how to negotiate for better projects and things like that uh how right. to win how to win over like critical people uh not just for your project but for your career path um how to have difficult conversations and, and you just like or like some people like how to balance um, work and life, right? How to balance being a new parent. Um, right. So we would have those conversations and those were like once a month or once every six weeks. So we, we had, we like started these groups and got people uh, off the queue if you're CS or, or just like blocked time, paid time, like the company endorsed it, which was awesome. Um, we put together um, this Last year, we Blizzard participated for the first time in the Gay Pride Parade, both right. in L.A., in um, Austin. Sorry, not L.A., Orange County, Austin. And then um, I think our teams in Cork did it as well, uh, Cork, Ireland. So, like, we, you know, and we got, um, oh, and then BlizzCon, we had the Inclusion Nexus, right. uh, which was, uh, like, a separate section or room at BlizzCon with like its own stage, uh, interviews. Uh, we had like little rainbow blizzard pins, t-shirts. Mm-hmm. So like we were trying to do things in terms of policy. That's a little bit harder. It takes longer to, to like get through HR right. and everything. The one thing we, uh, we were doing right when I left was, um, we had like purchased some software to go through all of our, um, job postings and make sure that they were using inclusive text or oh, more importantly, like not using exclusive text. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so you mean like, you mean like he and her and things like that? Uh, or, or sometimes just like the way you word something 
um, mm-hmm. makes it so that it's more welcoming to like a male engineer versus a female engineer. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, there's some studies that say that you know, like women will only apply for a job if they feel like they fulfill 80 or more percent of the job requirements, but men will apply if they fulfill like 50 to 60 percent of the requirements. I've definitely applied to jobs where I feel like I fulfilled zero percent of the requirements. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna lie, it's like, That's oh, awesome. you know, it's looks like you know maybe they'll call me and i just throw it up there right <laughs> yeah like this is something i want to do right whatever so you know changing it to maybe being like instead of like required maybe it's like um like we better if you have these this experience i don't know i didn't go into like the details but it i guess there's like some algorithms that they'll read through it and they'll say like hey right. this is ex- this is exclusive language for either like a race or a gender or whatever. Mm, right. Um, so they, we did do that. So that was going on. And then they were doing uh, training for all of the leadership group on um, unconscious bias. So like when you're interviewing people, if you're unconsciously biased against them or for them. Right. Um, so those were kind of like the more policy related things we were, we were working on, but that is definitely a harder, let's call it a glass ceiling to break. <laughs> Right. It's not impossible. Yeah, that's, it's a little bit harder. You know, that's actually really interesting that you mentioned that because like I'm not going to make me wonder like even like the text on our website, right? Like, mm-hmm. like you know, when someone's looking up for support or, you know, for our own career, uh, our, our own careers page or even like our, you know, about page, like like what that language looks like. And if it's like potentially it looks like a uh, like a listing that like people that we actually might want in the company wouldn't apply just because of the language that we use, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and it was surprising to me too, but then like once I started reading through it, I'm like, oh yeah, like I don't know, this made this like intimidated me a little bit, like reading the sentence. And then someone Uh-oh. someone else like maybe didn't feel that, right? Um so how can we make that better so we don't intimidate? Um maybe like one of the hard harder positions to feel is like young female engineers. <laughs> uh we want that. And how can we make sure that the language we're using on the site is like welcoming to that that group? Right. Um, yeah and like maybe even like you know just like the way we we like design our products right there's like a lot of ways that we can and i was saying that we've been talking about just like offhand in general is like hey you know like i met with this person at this event and they told me about their struggle and like yeah. now it got me thinking about what a you know like how we can design you know the the headsets or something or a case right that's maybe easier to access for all kinds of people right yeah. um or like, you know, just you know, how we structure our podcast, right? Like if you guys feel like, you know, the podcast is inclusive, <laughs> let me know, right? And then we'll we'll you know tell me what you what you think and we can we can work on that, right? Or even like uh the, our our tweets and stuff like that. You know, I mean Ivan and I, you know, have both had conversations about like, you know, hey, this is a funny joke, but is it a joke that's funny to some people or is it funny to everybody, right? Most of the time it's just us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, but but there's like a lot that we can do to like ensure that you know we're a welcoming environment for all kinds of people right um you know because like i was mentioning earlier right, there's like so much happening right now right so like we really like want to take a really good look at like how we conduct ourselves from a professional standpoint from a social standpoint community standpoint right uh even a product standpoint to you know to ensure that that everybody feels like they could that they have a place here right for sure and and again, I feel like for me, at least from my personal perspective, I think it's definitely going in the right direction. I think uh, mm-hmm. the industry is really um, 
trying to do right by the LGBT community, LGBTQ community. And, um, you know, we were talking about this too, like trying to not only like hire more people or have a, a voice like in social media or like in gay pride or donating to right like LGBTQ organizations. Um, right. But also like have more representation in gaming. I know that that's been a big topic um, getting either characters or just have like just more representation in general. Um, right. So I feel like, I mean, I think the future is bright in that aspect. Um, so I definitely have a more like positive notion of what's going on and how, and, and the path we're on. Um, yeah. Which makes me hopeful. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and at the same time, there, there are places where, you know, it's not as easy, right. It's, it's not, um, it's, it's not as welcoming, you know, and, um, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, um, there are there there are spaces that are welcoming, right? And yes. it might not be you know the the easiest thing to find, but they are out there, right? And it's just you know it's uh you know the, they they definitely exist, right? It's not it's not it's not a it's not a lost cause, right? I guess uh, it's a good way to say it for sure. And yeah. um, one thing I will call out is like the you know if if you're new to the industry or if you're like trying to break into the industry, just be cognizant that, you know, I'm talking about like being open and making sure you voice, voice what, you know, your truth, but also, you know, working at Blizzard, it, it was a global company, right? Working at NCXT, we work with a lot of partners internationally as well. Right. So just be cognizant that there are also cultural differences and, you know, um, Unfortunately, it's still not accepted everywhere and, and right. people are going to have potentially like a different perspective of you if, if you're mm -hmm. if you're like that. So, you know, pull out your feelers, make sure that it's a safe space, <laughs> uh, especially yeah. when working with like our international partners, vendors, things like that. That's my only like cautionary advice. Um, but most like even then, most of the time, like like I said, when working in like tech and gaming specifically, like it's been very open, even with international partners. But right. it's just a thing to keep in mind uh, because once in a while you do get somebody who you know is from a culture that is just um, not not there yet, not you know not accepting yeah. it. So you get yeah, it. and it's and you know and, and like gaming as a space isn't isn't perfect, right? I mean, there mm -hmm. are still there's still a long way to go. Yeah. Um, you know, and just, you know, just, uh, you know, there, there are, there are people out there who are willing to help in and willing to listen, you know? So again, just, you know, do, do your best to identify who those people are and, you know, work with them and help educate. Unfortunately, right. That's, that's, that's the, sad, the, the, the like sad part, right. Is that you still have to like put that effort in to kind of get some people to understand why X or Y thing is a problem. Right. Um, which, which sucks, you know, but I mean. We just, you know, gotta gotta work together to to make this space uh, the most inclusive we possibly can, right? So that everyone has a chance to succeed, right? For sure, <clears throat> for sure. Um, final words, uh, Hinata, on this topic in general, um, or specifically, um, do you have any advice for any younger members of the LGBTQ community um, who may be listening? So I think one of my favorite projects out there is one that's called it gets better 
Um, mm-hmm. They talk about how even if you're in a position right now where it's doesn't feel very good or or you feel like you have to hide who you are, how um you know with time things get better and and there is a positive outcome because it's you know not to get too serious, but you know um suicide is a huge problem in the lgbtq community, and right. so especially in youth, so making sure that like youth know like the youth know or our young listeners know that it does get better there is a positive outcome um you will find people that uh support you and love you for who you are just hold in there like, resources hold tight. out there right there are definitely a lot of resources out there so um yeah. actually one of them is it gets better if you like youtube it it's it's um you know they have recordings and stuff like that so that's one advice the other one is um you know just Safety first, like I said, like feel, put your feelers out there and see, um, see if it's a safe space. But in my experience, most of the gaming, uh, industry has been a very safe space. And, um, and so don't, you know, don't be shy to, to live your truth and show us your wonderful colors because that's what makes the gaming industry so awesome. And that's what makes us so, um, you know, so much fun to, to be around. So those are my two advices. Um, I guess, you know, I, I didn't want to get too serious, but it is a, it is a thing. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, like and- we do have a rule, uh, uh, on, on, on the server where we try to kind of stir away from like mental issues. And mm-hmm. the main reason for that is just because like, you know, we like me and Ivan, right. And the mod team, right. We're not really equipped for that. Right. We're not professionals in dealing with that. We have know? our own um, issues. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> but like, you know, but never be afraid to like, reach out and like ask, you know, where you can get help. Right. Because yeah. there are, there are a lot of resources out there and sometimes, you know, like you may not even know what to look for. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm not saying, you know, start damning me all of a sudden. Right. But you know, there's the, you know, I, there's no, there's no problem in, in, in like anybody helping somebody else, just, uh, uh helping someone navigate where to find that support. Right. Yeah. To someone I mean, who's that's, qualified. That's and why we, support. we provide a link to the suicide prevention lifeline in our rules, you know? Yep. It's so a, that's, like that's one thing and, and I'll just, you know, to end on a positive note, like if you are a young member of the LGBTQ community and you are have interested in the, the gaming industry or the tech industry, just know that it is a safe space. At least in my experience, it has been. I know they're working really hard towards that. Um, a lot of my friends work in the tech, in the tech world, you know, and I've seen that reflected in multiple, in, in multiple companies and, and game studios. So like there is, there is a path forward for that if that's what you're interested in. So I, I do want to make sure people leave with that in mind. All right, then. Thank you very much for speaking Wise on this. Uh, <laughs> yep. It means a lot, right? It's, 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 it's always great to have um, someone who's had these experiences speak on it, right? Because as much as, like, you know, me, me and Ivan can research, right? We don't have those similar experiences. Well, at least I don't. I can't speak for Ivan, right? Um, <laughs> but you know, but it, it's it's always great to have to have guests on who who can talk about these issues from from the perspective, especially being in the industry for as long as you have, right? That you know there there are ways to move forward, right? That oh, um, sure. it 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 does for sure get better. There's hell of a long way to go, right? But we'll definitely definitely get there. Um. Ivan, I think we should go. Actually, we actually don't have a lot of community questions. Um, y'all just been been listening. Kind of like that, to be honest. The less questions for me, the less work I got to do. <laughs> I have questions. Do you have questions, Ivan? What questions do you have? have? <laughs> I have the best questions. Um, 
I guess my, my first my first question for you, Hinata, is why do you pronounce your name Hinata if you spell it with an R? Uh, so that's a <laughs> linguist question. No, it's a good question. I get it all the time. Uh, it's just funny because my mom is a linguist. Uh, so in, as I mentioned earlier, I'm from Brazil. Uh, I am a U.S. citizen, but I was born in Brazil. Um, in Portuguese, all R's in the beginning of a word are pronounced like an H in the U.S. So, um, so my name is Renata. In I, I, I actually just think Brazil has a spelling problem because I don't, <laughs> you spell Brazil with a Z or an S. Uh, in Brazil, we spell it with an S. And in here with a Z? And in the U.S. with a Z, yeah. So confusing. Like spelling problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, you mentioned you're from Brazil. So does that mean that you only eat barbecue? Uh, no, but it's funny because um, so the city I'm from in Brazil is called Fortaleza. It's uh, what'd you call the, me? <laughs> it's right where Brazil curves. Like if you're looking at a map, it's like right near the equator. It's almost on the equator. Uh, so I'm from a beach town. Well, it's a city. It's a big city. But I'm from a beach town, and so I love seafood. Um, my partner is from south of Brazil, and she loves barbecue. Like, that's yeah, awesome. I went, <laughs> I went to Brazilian barbecue a couple times. And it's good. It's delicious, but it's just, like, so much food. Like, it's I don't, so, I don't yeah. know how anyone it, could possibly eat that all the time. You know, it's actually really hard, like, living in Texas and how Texans love their barbecue. It's, you know, Texan barbecue is very different than Brazilian barbecue. Yeah. And I would get into arguments at work about like, no, Brazilian barbecue is better. And uh, yeah, it, I, yeah, I do like good. it, but I, my favorite is seafood for sure. So since you're from Brazil um, and you said you're from a beach town, but have you ever been to a rainforest? Um, not in Brazil. Actually, I'm trying to think if I've been to a rainforest. Uh, not, no, not really. It is on my like bucket list. Mm -hmm. Do you know? Do you know jujitsu? <laughs> no, but I do know capoeira. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I did capoeira for like. Okay, I'm really bad at it now. I like tried to do it the other day, and it was not good. But uh, I do. Um, I did capoeira for like four years. Yeah, for, for those that don't know what cap, capoeira is, can you explain? Sure. Um, someone just asked me if I knew that Henat is an Italian name. I did know that. Um, yes, capoeira is what most people call Brazilian dance fighting. Um, but it's actually like a, um, a fighting style that came, originated from Africa, I think Angola maybe. Um, I don't remember exactly where. And it was kind of what the, the Brazilian slaves uh, used to to fight for their freedom. So it's, it has like really interesting roots, like a lot of history in the roots and stuff like that. And, and then mm -hmm. some people see it more of like a religion. So there's like different segments of capoeira. The one I did is pretty much what's on the video right there. It's more like fun, playful, a lot of music. Um, yeah, it looks fun. It, and I will tell people because people ask me this all the time it is not choreographed so like if you don't read your opponent right they will hit you and i have gotten hit in the head a lot of times <laughs> we'll have to um dance fight next time i see you at the office okay 
I'm not good anymore, but I'll definitely do it. It's fun. And it's a great workout. Like, oh man, it's a great workout for like lower body for sure. Speaking of lower body, um, you know, we do a lot of, we do a lot of, uh, like zoom meetings. Right. And I noticed whenever I have a zoom meeting with you, Hinata, that Uh close to your lower body by your feet, there's always a sleeping dog. So why, (laughs) why is your dog always sleeping while you're in meetings and working? He's sleeping right now behind me doing this. I know, podcast. Always. He's always sleeping. I, I was so worried that like he would start barking in the middle of the podcast. Um, he's probably always sleeping because one, he's a, it's hot and he's big and maybe a little lazy. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. But I also take him for a run every morning. We do at least a mile. Um, oh, okay. So he's probably just tired. He's kind of like my dentist, except <laughs> minus, minus the running part. Yeah, he's like 80 pounds. He's a uh, big dog. (laughs) Another thing I've noticed from being in meetings with you is that you have a bunch of stuff written on a whiteboard. Oh, my goodness. What do you you write on that thing? (laughs) It's always different, too. Oh, it's so embarrassing. No, um, every Monday morning, I write down all my top things that I want to do for the week. So that's the blue the middle blue column. That's like my to do's for the week. Uh, it's bad because I haven't I haven't gotten a lot of stuff done yet. And then in the black is like things that we need to deliver on, like projects or like things that have deadlines, like harsh deadlines mm-hmm. that I have to deliver on that date. Um, and then the other blue column that's kind of squished on the corner is like personal goals like hey maybe i should take like this uh watch this ted talk or go like do this program management training that i said i would do like six months ago (laughs) so that's like my personal list of things to do is one of your um to-do list items to use this giant copy machine that you have that you can do as well (laughs) (laughs) you know know what's funny i do have like a giant printer slash copy yeah that's that's like a bit the biggest printer I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it is. It's, it's pretty giant. And the funniest thing of all is that Justin, who I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, my boss, was like, you should get like yourself a good printer copy scanner. So I actually got it right when I started working at NCXT. <laughs> I didn't have that before. <laughs> have you used it actually? Like, I actually have. Um, how many times do you think like on in like say a day do you use it? Oh, a, week? a day. Uh maybe once a week maybe (laughs) trying to be green and not so what i have been using it for is like some of my old documents that i want to save i've been scanning them so i can like shred them and get rid of all the paper because now everything is like digital right Um, so so i've been using it more like that way but yeah i get called out for that (laughs) all the time because it's yeah. Speaking of getting called out, I'm going to call you out right now because you also have guitars hanging on your wall and you don't play guitar. That is correct. <laughs> so, um, yeah, why do you have guitars hanging on your wall? Is it because you, um, you they live look in cool. They no. do look cool. <laughs> um, my wife is a singer-songwriter, and before I started working at NCXT and I would go to an office, this used to be like her music room. Um. So on the other wall that you guys don't get to see much is where I have like her CD hanging and stuff like that. Um, 
so I never took away her guitars because I think they look good on the on the wall. But I kind of took over the room because I needed an office. <laughs> yeah, that's a good reason. Yeah. All right, but I, I get have... I get called out on that all the time. They're like, "Oh, do you play?" And then I feel really lame because I don't play. <laughs> <laughs> I have one one more um, one more question for you. So, you know, as you know, we use a lot of different applications at NZXT. We have Slack, we have Trello, we have Jira, we have Airtable, we have. <laughs> Confluence, we have Discord, a million apps, right? Um, I'm just wondering, as someone who's like into project management, what is your favorite project management app? Oh my goodness, that's a hard one because we have so many and... Um, okay, so... so you, know, you should invent Franz for project management apps at NZXT. Jeff, Jeff could be the beta tester. He could. He's the one that got me into it. <laughs> Um, a bunch of people are saying that I should say Jira. So Jira is really good for engineering planning and it is probably like one of the best, um, tools I've used. But if you are not, if you're doing just like small teams or your own, trying to like organize your own projects, I'd probably say Trello is one of my favorites because it's just easy and, um, you know, low friction to, to use. Um, just like a little bit ago, maybe like a month ago or so, someone introduced me to one called AHA. It's like A-H-A. That's what it's called. But it's a paid one, but it looks really awesome. So I guess that's like my new favorite because I, it's new to me and I'm still learning about it, but it does have like some great functionality. Um, AHA. But yeah, I, I would probably say like for people that are just starting out and haven't used anything at all, uh, the one I usually recommend is Trello just because it's like an easy in. Um, that's yeah, I, yeah. I, I like Trello the best. Yeah. It's just so that's what easy. I tell people. And then like when I try to like plan my trips, I love to travel. So when I'm planning my trips and stuff, I usually use Trello for myself. And their their mobile app is pretty good too. Yeah, I like it. Right. Well, that's all the questions I have, Dennis. Up to you now. Go for it. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. So we have a few community questions. Um, a lot of these are really. I don't understand some of these, but <laughs> one from Dread is uh, who inspires you uh, on a day to day basis. Oh wow! That's a so I'll be good first. Serious question. Um, and why is it Jin? <laughs> who inspires me on a day to day? So. It's going to be a cheesy answer, but my mom uh, is probably the person that inspires me the most. Single Aww. mom, three kids, has two masters, a PhD, migrated to the U.S., right, with all of us by herself. Um, so to me, she's just like a, a fighter, a warrior. Um, I mm. also, now it's going to get even cheesier, I also used to do volunteer work for... Um, displaced children from civil wars here in Austin. And I oh, would wow. translate for kids who didn't speak English. Um, and so those kids, like, it just got like burned in my brain, like translating for some of these kids and some of the things that they uh, survived. So I guess like mm -hmm. um, a lot of, uh, especially like youth who are going through, through that, just remind me of like, okay, my problems aren't, aren't that bad we can get through this like stay positive right because they're staying positive so if they can do it like i can certainly do that 
Dang, I got to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's I what I said. I'm like, oh, it's going to it's gonna get real. But I, I mean, I haven't done it in a long time because um, I just started working so much and they require like a certain amount of time commitment to do it. But I did it for like three or four years in a row. And it's like a camp that uh, this organization hosts here in Austin. It's just awesome. Like mm-hmm. they take all these kids who are uh, who are here and they're displaced, and um, we just like show them a good time and teach them leadership skills and teach them like how to um, just to be a leader in their community. They're usually between like the ages of twelve and eighteen. Um, it's just just awesome. So those kids uh, definitely still inspire me, even though I haven't done it in like five years or so. All right, Ivan, who inspires you? I would say my daughter. Oh, I love that. That's super cute. It is. It's fantastic. She, I'm going to go on a similar note. <clears throat> Sorry, go on. No, like I said, she just reminds me that to, like, kind of similar to what Hanata says, like, just, you know, your problems are not that serious, right? Yeah. Like, when I see her every morning, like, just waking up happy, just reminds me, like, today's going to be a good day. <laughs> That is incredibly wholesome. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm going to go on like, on like a similar note and just kind of like say that like the multiple women in my life like inspire me because it's it's not easy, right? Life sucks, you know, and I've been relatively lucky. So, you know, like it's I, I can't imagine the amount of like just strength and resilience that it takes to just like keep going every day, you know, and like I, I, I don't think I could do it, you know, so just hats off to all of them, you know, friends, family, so on and so forth, right, um, who just keep doing what they're doing and you know hopefully i can support them where i can so it's one of the sort of those episodes guys oh <sighs> i love it um okay it's got a couple more because we do have to end super soon um and quizzy and i believe kashav asked if not in zxt then where would you be uh i had this like passion when I was younger to do social justice, social change. And as you guys saw, I like studied disease movement. So if I wasn't mm. at NCXT and if I wasn't working in the gaming industry in general, I probably would be working in like um, uh, disaster relief organizations, right. like doing project management for that kind of stuff. Uh, but just didn't go that way. But that's probably where I would be doing like, um, I don't know, like food assistance or like, you know, like even in this pandemic, like mapping the pandemic and things like that. Um, yeah, that's like, that's, that's the first thing I thought of. Yeah. Is like, like tracking diseases. I'm like, man, you really could be helping out here. And you're I know, like CDC. Helping Jeff CDC with Cam. Style. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know uh, which one's the better, the better cause. <laughs> There's the shout um, out. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, Jin has a fun question. Um, Hanada, tell us about your sword. And if you haven't named it yet, what would you? Oh, yeah. So I have a Blizzard sword. Uh, after you work for Blizzard for five years, they give you a real life like blacksmith built sword. Um, uh, I have one. It's usually hanging right behind me so that I can get some street cred on my videos. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll send you guys a picture after this. I don't have a name for it. Uh, I guess I'd probably go with... Um, I was telling you guys my, I think it's, I think it's my B tag, my battle tag name. It's Fortress, so I, I'll name it Fortress. That's a great name, I like that. Yeah, I'll send. I'll put I'll a name picture. I'll put a picture on the <laughs> Discord channel after this. But it's a, they're heavy, and they're they're big. They're like, I don't know, they're like three feet long. <laughs> it's it's a big sword, and each year they used to change the the design of it. So like, everyone that 
celebrated five oh, year, a five cool. year anniversary with you the same year that you were hired would get like the same design and oh, then that's cool i think this year they upgraded the design and um it's pretty it's i, I don't want to curse but it's a pretty uh sweet sword <laughs> <laughs> i think i think i'll get what you're trying to say there yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right um so uh i'm gonna go ahead and cut off there guys i know we had a couple more questions but uh we do at the end soon uh as you know it is an off day so a couple of announcements uh, set up of the week, which I totally thought it was Wednesday today because this week has been really, really weird. And I'm going to be off for a couple of days. Uh, Imansa, I think I think you pretty much won it. He submitted a really cool video for a setup entry, which I wasn't expecting. Normally people do uh, photos. So, you know, the effort definitely went in there and, and, uh, and uh, you know, he, he kicked a butt on that one. Uh, design contest number six is ending soon, guys. So. Please go uh, enter and submit and vote in the design contest channel. Uh, please uh, remember that it has to be original art. So, you know, you can't use any anything like that. And, uh, you know, as I said before, the reasoning is because if we do use your art to promote the community, we want to make sure that we can legally use it on our social media because uh, DMCA is a thing right now. It's going hard. <laughs> um, uh, new reward forms, n6c.co slash rewards. Sign up for the new rewards form. You only got to do it once and you get your rewards as you as you rank up. So please, uh, please, please do that. Um, or you can get your stuff. We'll keep bugging you about that. Um, our friends at Asus ROG are giving away an all-white NZXT PC. Uh, I think we re retweeted it. Ivan's going to throw it into the chat. Check that out. Um, NZXT is now in Germany slash Austria. So n6t.com slash DE. Um, I'm pretty sure Hanada uh, had a lot of a big hand in that, uh, sending, uh, helping get that stuff set up. Just a little bit. Correct. Okay, yeah. <laughs> just, just a little bit. Uh, we also are hiring for that region, by the way, and just hiring in general. Check it out, nzxt.com slash careers. Check it out. And uh, last but not least, guys, don't forget to follow us on Mixer. You know, we're big on there. Uh, we're about to get partnered. So, you know, hit us with a like and subscribe. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Thank you for joining us, Nada. Really, really appreciate it. Thank Thanks you for, for having me, guys. This was super fun. I really enjoyed no, it. For sure. Uh, we'd love to have you on again to talk more about, like, you know, more, I would say more positive, but, like, you know, just more general gaming stuff. Because, uh, I mean, we had a really cool conversation before the podcast even started. I was like, dang, you know, like, I really wish you had, like, a lot more time about this thing. Yeah, I'll, um, happy to come back anytime. Yep. And thank you to everyone else who tuned in. Remember to tune in. I'm going to say next week, but maybe we'll have another one soon <laughs> at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time with the official NZXT Discord server. And don't forget to follow NZXT on all relevant social media. And don't forget to listen to previous episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Also, if you wouldn't mind, please leave us a positive review if you like what you hear, but especially if you don't. Thanks, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.